on the side of the mountain, the largest mountain in the fell, the crown of Egadon. A small door opens up on the side of a great stair, and out steps Rolandir, Vamak, Brynir, Luna, Mick, Corio, and Val. Above them, the clouds break, giving way to the twilight sun, and morning dawns on what may very well be the last day of Egadon, as they know it. With the heart of the void in hand, and only an hour's walk to the summit where they will find the altar that they've been searching for, so begins this last leg of a very long journey. Everyone is well rested. Your wounds have recovered. Your strain has recovered. Hit points full. Spell slots maxed. Oh, I can only speak for Luna and Corio, but everyone seems itching and ready to go. And Corio, as agreed upon, will stay behind and watch the party's backs, guarding this ascent. As we are leaving, Val is going to spend some intent, shockingly. Um, He is very concerned about running into someone who's going to demand the Heart of the Void from them. And having taken to heart everyone's suggestion about making a decoy, um, he is going to cast Minor Illusion to mimic the appearance of the heart of the void as he understands it when it is solid and then use illusory reality to make that object real are those two separate spells um one of them is a spell the other one's just an ability i have as an illusions okay wizard. i won't count it as an extra because <laughs> they be dead yakuda <laughs> sorry mom all right you have made that. I'm going to keep it in a separate pouch <laughs> so that I don't mix them up. <laughs> don't get them confused which one is it. I mean, I wouldn't, right. but I don't want to dare risk like risk reaching into the pouch, grabbing the real heart of the one and be like, oh, not that one. <laughs> not suspicious. <laughs> right before he leaves, kind of trailing the group as the last one as they start making their ascent, Rolandier's going to go up to Corio, just say... Thank you for everything you've done on our journey thus far. I don't know if it's possible, but then he kind of reaches out his hand. Do you think there's anything you can do to give me an indication if someone comes along our way, a way you can transmit that information? She'll take your hand in hers and say, perhaps, and you'll feel this slight just tingle in your fingertips and it works its way up your arm as far as your sanguine arm goes. And she'll say, It has been a pleasure, honestly, traveling with you lot. An honor, even, to work and walk beside the godborn of Sedizur. Whatever happens after this, hopefully we see each other on the other side. I would very much like to. And Rolander's gonna give a nod and start up. Unless anyone has anything super pressing to do during this hour hike. It's relatively easy going. Smooth sailing, as it were. The wind picks up a little bit about halfway through, but then dies down quickly enough after a brief period of darkening. And then you come to the top. The mountain summit has been flattened out to a manageable diameter, quite large in relation to these stairs even. And as you walk across it, your footsteps clunk and echo as if they were stomping over frozen metal. The Shrine of Egg, a stone and metal altar of ancient design, stands near the far edge, 
looking out over the interminable drop below and the expanse of the fell beyond. Four large stone pillars arc upward and inward, as if they once made a dome, but any stonework that once connected them is gone, and the pillars themselves are barely half their full height. Everything is covered in a thin blanket of dusty snow. Mick kind of seen this and understand what's going to be the next step. And it seemed a, a little too easy, but regardless, is going to put her hand on Val's shoulder and will say to him, right behind you, Val. And as she does, actually, will cast Death Ward on Val. Ooh, thank you. Val looks back at Mick and gives a very firm nod and will stride forward headed towards the the pillars. That's when nobody knows that Val has that, so everybody takes their turn. Yeah, Val, we're at five. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck! There's <laughs> like six death wars. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Is the top of the mountain completely shaved off like the top of the cup? It's like flat, the whole thing? Yes. Okay. It's not like a circular platform against a peak. It's No, it's as if the peak has been just shaved down. Okay, interesting. It has also been almost filed into a circular shape. Okay. As Val walks forward, like I said, your footsteps clunk over this metal and stone beneath you as you walk across this space, the open air above you, the twilight sun before you, and this shrine of egg on the other side. You reach it with no indication of any hardship or obstacle. Well, it sounds like stuff's about to get real. Just uh, <laughs> yeah. anybody else can uh, I just had... can, can do stuff, but I, I wanted to make it clear that uh, Brynir's going to give himself a, a death ward here. Okay. I, d- I just had a thought. What if what if we get to the top of this mountain and then we look over to the right and there's another mountain and it's like that was the one we were supposed <laughs> to be that. Oh, shoot! Corio is like huffing up after you. <sighs> Wrong mountain! This is, this is the throne of Egadon. <laughs> the Not scepter! The crown. No! As Val approaches the altar, Rolander's gonna stay probably a good 15-20 feet distance just keeping a perimeter. He'll draw his sword just because that's what he does, uh, anticipating anything for it to come, and he will also death ward himself. Okay. Luna also stops. She doesn't follow Val all the way to the altar, and so she'll stick back with Rolandir a good 15, 20 feet. What I want to I hear what everyone else does specifically. Uh-oh. <laughs> as Val is heading toward the altar. Vamok will death ward himself since all the cool kids are doing it. (laughs) (laughs) And he'll go a little bit farther than the others. He's not, like, right next to Val or anything, but he will get a little bit closer so he can really get a good look at what's happening. So he's maybe 10 feet away, something like that. Ideally, he would be. However, as you take just a couple steps past where Rolandir and Luna have stopped you impact a force that doesn't send you back or anything, but as you touch it, bonking into it with your body, there's these purple ripples that echo out from this impression that you make within this force wall that then ripple and dissipate. And then 
Luna curses, and she'll run forward and plaster her hands against it, also making these strange ripples in this force projection. And she'll yell after Val. Uh, however, on the other side, Val, you just hear the wind. I don't care for that. So you, unless you turned around, you are none the wiser. He would get to the altar and then turn to look back at everyone. I don't know if you want to resolve the rest of people's locations before then. I mean, people's locations isn't too important since they, they can only discovered go so far. the location barrier. <laughs> yeah, well, basically what happened with Brynir is he was walking basically right next to Vimok, so he, it was like simultaneous little <laughs> ripples, ripples. <laughs> <laughs> then, as Val reaches the altar and looks back at everyone, they seem to just be standing there observing you. And Luna will even like give a little thumbs up. <laughs> This does not bode well. This is not good. <laughs> and then the, the camera like pans back around past the barrier and she's just like. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, that's good. The most unsettling thing is Vamak is smiling and also giving a thumbs up. <laughs> that would be a dead giveaway. We're so proud of you, Val. I don't know. It might be a dead giveaway that Luna's giving a thumbs up too. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's. There's lots of thumbs here. That's a dumb Val Luna thing. <laughs> yeah. That's not the first time either one of them has given the other a thumbs up for sure. <laughs> They're just awkward. Um, okay, I mean, Val will steal himself and sort of look at the mechanism in front of him and see what he can glean from it. Other than this stone altar, there just seems to be a fixture with a protruding almost slot where something of a diamond shape could fit in. He's going to take out both of the hearts of the void. The fake is not the shape that would fit within, though as you take out the real one, it shifts in your hand, almost shrinks as well until it assumes the shape of the slot. I mean, he knows what he's going to do, but he's still a very cautious person by nature. Can he like investigate or try to like ascertain the nature of the magic of this altar at all? Yeah. If you want to, you can roll Arcana or Perception or Investigation. Oh, I'll investigate, maybe. <laughs> but Investigate will not give you the nature of magic. It will just give you the nature of the altar. Can I do both? Make two separate checks? Sure, sure. Okay, I'll investigate first. Pow. <laughs> Critical failure. <laughs> <laughs> it's a total of 12, but... It's an altar. It's a stone altar. That was not meant to be. <laughs> yeah. It can't be comprehended by the mind. Hey, my arcana check was good, though. 25. No, that's not possible. <laughs> I can't do math. 23. There is something illusory about it. Okay. He is gonna... But... Oh. You know that being an illusions wizard, looking at an illusion with the intensity that you also did hence your investigation, you're confident that this is not an illusory construction, just that some sort of that magic is woven into the workings. I really wish I hadn't rolled a Griffin on that investigation <laughs> check. Oh, goal. I'm just delaying the inevitable, really. Um, He'll put the heart of the void in the slot. As you fit it into the slot, you see these little facets on the side kind of move in and click against it to where they're flush with it. And then they twist, pulling it into the altar. 
and this little like metal dome just slides shut over the mechanism and then nothing awkward we lost the heart guys that's it <laughs> well i mean it wouldn't surprise me if we had if this is illusory in some fashion um just blast this thing with a fireball <laughs> yeah i think something about the illusory nature of it does not sit right with val particularly seeing that nothing has happened he does not have dispel magic i don't think let me actually check because maybe he does know that spell and i shouldn't shoot myself in the foot if i don't need to <laughs> i sure don't okay val is going to put his hands on the altar and attempt to dispel whatever illusion is cast in it with intent then yeah all right d100s roll them up <sighs> turns out it's just magister morton's hand Closed. <laughs> That's the illusion. Oh shoot! He was under the altar, and he has his hand up. Like, come on, come on. I don't think I could have done worse gotcha. than I did. Um, ninety-seven and twenty-six. Well, I got a twenty and a twenty-six, so there is some sort of success in there. In that, as you put your hands on the altar, it kind of clips into it for a second. Mm. And with that perception, the ends of the altar start to just dematerialize. And then make a dexterity saving throw. You realize it was just a 2D texture, not even a 3D object. <laughs> am I within 30 feet of Rolandir? I am, right? Yes, you are. Okay, thank goodness for that 30-foot paladin aura. 19? Then instead of 30 feet, you are blown back 15 feet as you sail through the air and pass through this force barrier, uh, landing at the feet of your comrades. And all of you see as this barrier dissipates once Val steps on the other side of it, or rolls to the other side of it, where the altar was a few steps back is Magister Morton, of course, holding the heart in his hand. And you see also the pillars start to dematerialize, but then they rematerialize just slightly shifted sort of in a clockwise direction. And then you see the altar, the real altar, materialize as well, just slightly shifted. And Morden will, in a very quick motion, just sprint over to it, and then he'll extend his arm backwards toward the lot of you. And we're going to roll initiative. I was going to say, I would love to do things if we can. <laughs> I want to blow this mofo off the mountain with Ugh. intent. The worst critical failure of my life. Very shameful illusion wizard's behavior here, Val. <laughs> it was freaking morted with his hand. Like... And he comes underneath the tablecloth and he's like, gotcha. <laughs> this is a normal <laughs> Oh, I rolled good, though, and I reserve the right to go first. <laughs> Um, you guys won't believe it. Um, that was a natural 20. So calc 25. Whoa, whoa, nice. but it doesn't really matter right now, but you're nice. welcome. <laughs> so. Uh, Rolandier got 14. I rolled an 8. Val got a 21. Brynier got a 24. Then in that case, it will go Morden, three players, Luna, two players. Morden rolled a nat 20. Oh. He did, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate him so much. Morden can go screw himself. Rolanda, you should have smoked Dang. that dude when you had the chance. I was one number away. One freaking... I, I rolled a 19. Dang. I also rolled a 19. As Morden skids to a stop next to the real altar and places the heart of the void into the actual receptacle 
there's a strange shifting beneath your feet as this dusted layer of snow just sort of lifts off the ground and you feel something moving and shifting inside the mountain beneath you. Aliens. <laughs> King of the crystal skull. <laughs> as Morden extends his, has extended his hand backward toward the lot of you, he begins to channel some kind of spell that swirls around his arm. However, between him and you all, a border of three concentric circles made up of shadowy matter rise to block your path. Imagine like three separate flame wall spells, but instead of fire, it's this writhing mass of inky darkness that contains almost humanoid forms. There's about a 10 foot gap between each of them. So it's like Morden and then 10 feet, a wall, and then another 10 feet, a wall, and then another 10 feet, a wall, and then you guys. And that's his turn as he channels this spell. Can we see him? through this like sometimes when like this inky shifting wall lines up perfectly with the two behind it you can briefly see him yes okay all right just teleport all of us there i could i could try that you could honestly i think we all need to get in there that might be the best i was just joking but you know it's it's not a bad idea No, I like that idea. I think that's the most surefire way to get everybody in there to deal with the problem. And I, I think Val is very hesitant to feeble-mind him just based on what happened with the mock. Like, that was such a... That that backfired so hard that he's a little wary of that spell. <laughs> um, yeah, if Val can go first, I'll, I'll teleport us in. Go for it. Okay. Val will go first. Um, he will get himself within 10 feet of everyone, if he wasn't already, and teleport into the center of these circles. All right, let's see. Max cast that thing in case Morton tries to counterspell. I was going to say, so help me if he tries to counterspell again. Yeah, the, I'll cast it at ninth level. Nah, man, he's already casting a spell that takes concentration. Yeah, these <laughs> these walls of writhing mass, that's a concentration spell. <laughs> they are not. The, the other thing he's doing is a concentration spell. No, you are not halted as... You teleport everyone, is it? Yes. Within this 10-foot radius between Morden and the first of these shadowy walls. And he, his eyes go wide as he sees you just appear beside him. That looks very murderous. He, This is the most murderous Val has ever looked. <laughs> this is beyond emo Val. <laughs> this, this is out for blood Val. This is bloodthirsty Val. You know, it'd be the coolest thing. Brynir should go next. He should have been like in the middle of swinging. So that way when we teleport in, it just like comes in. At more. That's what should happen. I mean, he can be stabbing. Oh, because he's got a, what, a spear? Yeah. Okay. But I want I want Brynir to do that. I mean, is it a player's turn? Take it away. I was going to say what uh, Brynir was going to be doing. So instead of going into a rage using his bonus action, he's actually going to use Zell's presence instead to give himself advantage. Sweet. And thank goodness he did, because that was a... It was both ends of the spectrum, guys. It was a nat one. That was my first roll. <laughs> and then a nat 20 nice. was my second yeah! roll. <laughs> There's some nat 20s this session. Zell's presence, baby! Un- unfortunately, I don't get the D6 and half my level, but uh, I do get four more additional attack dice, yes. 42 damage is what it is. Uh, so. 42. And so, having been just teleported, Brynir, who brought back his spear with a yell, 
jab right at Morden's chest, trying to essentially skewer him. You succeed for the most part as this spear pierces through the back of his robes and into his side, and you just feel like one of his ribs give way beneath your attack. And then Morden will interrupt his channeling to perform a reaction, so everyone needs to roll dexterity saving throws. Plus five, baby! Woo-woo! Thanks, Rolandir! And you get advantage. Ooh, and advantage! Wowzers! Wow! Thanks, Brynjur. Ooh, I needed it. I rolled bad both times. <laughs> this doesn't bode well. Oh, boy. I didn't need it, because I rolled a 13 on both for a total of 19. Rolander got 24. 15 for Val. Nick got 33. Brynjir got 25. All right, Luna got 24. So everyone but Mick is blasted back to essentially the other side of this platform in varying degrees of distance between them and the third of these concentrically ringed walls of shadow. Only Mick is able to keep her footing. How far away would he be? Between 40 and 60 feet, but with, you know, three rings of shadow between you and him. Brynir, seeing no other path forward, he's going to try to make his way straight to Morden. We'll see what happens when we go through these walls here, guys. All right. You pass through the first wall? Yeah? Yes. All right. Great. As you go through the shadow, these forms that seem to be writhing within it claw and bite and scratch and dig at you, and you come out the other side after passing through the first concentric ring, uh, and you've taken 128 necrotic damage. Whoa! (laughs) Okay. Um, Don't go through the walls, guys. What kind of damage is that? Necrotic. That is no good. Well, Brynir's not going to go through the second wall, and he's just gonna... (laughs) I guess that's where his turn's going to be, but, you know... That next turn, tents coming out. Who's next then? Um, I think that Mick perhaps should go next, uh, just having more of an opportunity to get at Morden. Get at his go. Go for it. Mick is going to, and just for clarification, what is the surface of this? Did you say it's metal or is it rock? Both. Mick would like to attempt to reform the shape of the surface underneath Morden to collapse around him every contour of his body to trap him and also his arms and his head as well. I will tell you this now and then give you uh, an additional action to perform this. As you try to meld this surface with intent, it's as if you were interacting with the heart of the void in which it is just not connected to intent in any way, shape, or form. Oh, shoot. Okay, this is void that we're dealing with. So is anything real that is around us? <laughs> I guess that's a question. It's 100% real. It's just it's immune to intent. Do I get any sense of anything around me that isn't immune to intent? Just more than himself. Okay, well, with that, Mick understanding that she cannot use any of her surrounding elements, Mick is going to use Morden himself and will, without getting a little too gruesome, too. I've been, I've been, you know, reading about a lot of murder trials re- lately. Sorry. Okay, I'm going home. That sounds crazy. Okay. <laughs> um, Just use intent to imagine his head, but 180 degrees turned around on its yeah. body. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Easy. Like an owl, but not an owl. 
a human, a dead one. Yes, yes. Um, Mick, Mick has done something similar before to what she's about to do, except for internally kind of rupturing his heart will kind of want to consolidate or uh, compress his body together and uh, potentially kill him, but definitely debilitate him. So that's that's what she's doing. She is me. Roll two D100s. Okay. <laughs> the dice say 98 and 43, which is not awesome. So. Well, I got 62 and 5. Oh, okay. So that will fail. And that is your action. Yes, it is. <laughs> Sorry. But you did glean some useful knowledge in that you cannot manipulate the crown of Eganon itself. Is it Luna's turn now? It is. As she gets to her feet, she looks to who's ever beside her, Val, Rolandir, Vamok, and she'll say, What should I do? Well, it sort of feels like now or never. Well, what does that mean? Honestly, if nothing else, getting a few more people in here to distract him... More chaos, the better, I say. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Can you get rid of these circles of, I don't know, tortured souls? I can try, at least one. And Luna will concentrate, her hands outstretched, and then it doesn't seem to conjure anything, and then she'll just curse under her breath, and this wave of flame spreads across the top of the platform and it impacts one of these walls and when it does that it just dissipates and you see Brynir standing there and the wall slowly where there's this big gap that Luna's blasting it the wall slowly will start to come back together and Luna will run up next to Brynir then and that's, that'll be the end of her turn is it evident that these walls are dealing necrotic damage you've you, I no it's not you didn't see Brynir get hurt, really. You only see the aftermath. Okay, Vamak, if Vamak can go, Vamak is going to take his bonus action. We'll form a dread going, all right? Just right off the bat, give him a little bit of temp HP and uh, just a little boost, a little juice. And he is going to try to rapid succession Eldritch Blast through the remaining two walls before this first one closes back and he's going to try to shoot them all in the same direction so that even if, like, one, like, dissipates through the wall, the other two will be following right behind it. Hopefully punch a hole through the walls and get to Morden. Okay. So three shots, yeah? So, uh, that's four, because I'm level 18 oh, four? now, baby. Oh, four shots! Four shots. Do I have advantage because of Zealous Presence? Or is that just saving throws? It's attacks and saving throws. Attacks and saving throws. Hot diggity dog. I feel... Oh, I feel very zealous, feel guys. So zealous. <laughs> <laughs> so the the rolls for all four of these bolts are 24, 26, a natural 20 for 31, and Ooh. 28. The first two bolts dissipate as they're almost swatted by these forms writhing within the wall. But this the third one impacts it, so it hits the wall. For all intents and purposes, the first two missed. Just so you're aware. Yeah, yeah. The third one impacts it, and it just blasts apart this wide gap. And then the fourth one sails through and impacts the last wall and blasts apart this wide gap. Rolandia, I have given you the opening. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the mock's turn? 
That is Vamok's turn. Unless as a Vamok with the rest of his turn will advance to be with Brynjur and Luna in between the first and second ring. Just for clarity's sake, between the outermost and the middle ring, let's say. All right. Rolandir standing next to Vamok and all them as this pushing through of barriers happens. He, as soon as Luna's flame wall went through and pushed it back, he was moving, and then Vamok's Eldritch Blasts zoom past him and open up further gaps. So he's going to move 30 feet, um, which gets him probably either past one or two. And then he is going to Misty Step his way further. Well, actually, I take that back. The only reason I'm doing that is to get extra movement. Can I do the dash action? Because either way, I'm not going to have an action when I get to him. But um, Oh, was, I thought Misty Step was bonus for you. Uh, it is there such a thing as bonus action, Misty Step? Yeah, I don't have yeah, Misty Step is always a bonus action. It's a bonus action. Well, that is news to me on episode 191. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, here's how this is going to go. So, Rolandier rushes up, takes his 30 feet of movement. Misty steps his way the rest of the 30 feet, basically at engaged distance with Morton now, right? Absolutely. All right, and then he is going to rile up his good old good old sword that he's got there, his trusty ally, and he's going to take a swing. Strike him down. <laughs> and I get advantage on this. Oh, <laughs> that 20. No way. Oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. <laughs> Holy cow. <laughs> All right. You better blast that son of a with some divine smite. <laughs> and you you better watch out because, uh, you know, there's another attack coming. Because that's not a bonus action. That's just a thing that happens. <laughs> I'm so glad that I taught you that, Brett. <laughs> Brynir's zealous presence was probably the clutchest play of the encounter so far. Like It really was. Well, because he would have taken the full damage even if he was in rage, you know. Well, I was like, I I need to this to go well for me, in order for it to be bad eh, and me not like miss and then fall off the mountain. Many natural (laughs) twenties were rolled thanks to advantage. He comes swinging in, ripping and roaring, and he is going to deal a whopping ninety-five damage. To Sir Magister Morden. (laughs) Delicious. In his righteous fury. You run up to Morden, and he still has, you know, his hand outstretched, as he did. And just right at the shoulder, basically, as you come in and cleave downward and almost a little outward, you carve (sighs) from his shoulder into his chest and then out kind of near where his ribs end off. That whole portion of his body. As his arm flies off after your strike and the bits of his ribs and his innards just stream onto the ground beneath him and you, and he'll scream. And you're screaming too. Take your second strike now. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) Well, that that reduces him to zero. Take your second strike anyway. Decapitate him. Wowzers, Bowsers. Go for the fatality. You, yeah, double, double tap here. However, as this attack lands and Morden unleashes this scream, these walls of darkness just fall, splashing down onto the ground and dissipating 
echoing screeches of anguished souls also seeming to fade as these walls of darkness dissipate. Morden standing there beside Rolandir, who's just mutilated him, is heaving, barely able to stand, one hand still gripping the heart of the void within this altar in front of him. And he looks up at Rolandir, just spitting blood, this crazed look in his eyes. And he says, You must realize that this is not nearly the end, don't you? Rolander just snarls at him and he's going to attack again. <laughs> Go for it. 26 on attack. That misses. All right. Rolander, a little overexerted from his previous swing. Uh, Dude, it's your freaking knee. Your bum leg. <laughs> <laughs> Swipes again and yeah, his leg gives out slightly. And it just kind of whips away. Yeah, as you strike a second time after the snarl, Morden just pivots and your sword streaks past him. And then above him, behind him, tears and the very fabric of reality rip open as tendrils, hands crawl out, forming these almost oily-looking beings, these small void spawns that slither onto the ground and latch onto Morden's body, biting into him, digging into his flesh, and he's driven to a knee as Rolandir. You're almost just in shock, probably take a step backward, witnessing him be cannibalized by this very power that he wielded a moment ago. These strange creatures continue to stream out of these portals until the portals disappear. And these things, they cover him, wriggling as they arrange themselves, finally like a suit of armor. And they stop writhing, seeming to solidify in an obsidian-esque plate. Morden, you can hear his echoed breathing heavily within it, extends this arm of pure plate mail, the one that you had chopped off, <laughs> the arm that still is on the ground beside him. And then one of these creatures scuttles down that arm and then almost just explodes and is caught, frozen in that instance in this wicked, like, jagged blade that he then props himself up on and stands. And he removes his other hand from the heart of the void, and then looking at Rolandir, he raises his sword to strike. 